And welcome to another episode of Joy in Java, Biblical Conversations to Fuel Your Faith. I am Pastor Brian, and I'm here with Pastor Kristen, and we are a part of Pursuit Friends Network of House Churches, and our churches are going through the book of Ephesians, and so we're going through the book of Ephesians, and this week we are in the third chapter. We're having a great time so far, unless I'm reading it. Incorrectly, Kristen. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, it's but... been really good. It's All right, really good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, no, that's how, that's how I thought it was, it was good. Um, but uh, we have been in chapters one and two, and now we're entering chapter three. And the title I have in the NIV is God's Marvelous Plan for the Gentiles. And mm. it is indeed marvelous. This is good news for you and me, Kristen, uh, as Gentiles. We're not from the Jewish community. So for us, this is really good news. We need to pay attention to this and thank God and praise God for this. So you have yeah. any opening thoughts or? I'm just excited about this passage because we've been the first three chapters of Ephesians are kind of this cosmic plan that Paul is lying out, lying out that God has for the world. Mm. Um, and it is really like the um, condensed picture of faith, like this is what God's plan was. And the, and the, you know, what, what is going through my mind as I was preparing this morning um, is, you know, we often hear people um, talk about, I wish that we could all, can't we all just get along? Couldn't we, couldn't there be unity together? <laughs> I said that to my kids just yesterday. Right. <laughs> yeah. I remember saying also, you don't want me to get involved, but <laughs> <laughs> You guys better work it out because you do not want me involved. Um, but, you know, like that is a real um, value of humanity mm. that we can affirm as believers as a God, as an echo of God's character. And this chapter really gets into how that has been God's plan all along. Um, sure, now, the way sure. we get there is, is you know, really distinctive and important here. But um, so I'm excited to dig into this chapter where Paul's really unpacking um, kind of what God's big plan is for those of us who feel like we've talked about both as those of us who feel very at home in the church and in our faith as Christians. And for those of us who are those people, right? The people who, you know, the, the culture of the Gentiles was uh, worshiping the local gods and goddesses. Their, their co their, how they behaved was nothing mm -hmm. close to what the Jews would consider, um, good behavior, you know, so, so this is really, um, I just, I'm just excited about this passage because it's, it speaks to all of us. And I think it speaks to even those of us who are on the inside have times when we feel like outsiders for one reason or another. So yeah, this is yeah. going to be a good discussion. Well, let's dive right in. And before we start reading, I just want to encourage you guys. I want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you would take a moment, subscribe, like, share it with all of your friends and family and even those you're not friends with. I don't know what that means. But uh, uh, it let's... means unity, Brian. We're going to talk yeah. about today. We're going to talk about unity. That's right. All right. Let's uh, I'm going to read this and we'll just read through this and then um, go from there. This is Ephesians chapter three. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ for the Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, 
which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. We're at verse 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my suffering for you, which are your glory. My sufferings for you, which are your glory, which makes more sense grammatically as it was written. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches you may strengthen, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Mm. Chapter 3 of Ephesians. Ah, such a good chapter. Such a good, you know, um, I love how Paul starts this out, um, and, and uh, you know, talking about himself as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He's actually a prisoner in Rome, we think, most likely when he wrote this. Um, but he doesn't consider that to be, um, what he is serving, but rather Jesus. And that, you know, I, I love that way he um, points to the bigger reality that's going on here, that it doesn't matter so much, you know, what's going on yeah. um, physically, but yeah. What is our hope in? Mm. And mm. we, st- I mean, we all have that. We all have storms, we all have issues, we all have things we go through in life, but what is our hope that sustains us? What is our eye on the big picture? Is our eye mm. on Jesus? And Paul beautifully demonstrates this for us. Like even all of the deep thoughts that come after that. Like I, I love that you pointed this out, Kristen, because it, it's just so helpful that all of the of the deep thoughts is that Paul is basically saying, "This is for the glory of God." I understand right. that. I see that. Therefore. How can I not persevere? How can I not look forward to what God is going to do as a result of this? And then Mm. he's making his life not just about his own suffering or his own success. It's all for the glory of God, but also for the body of Christ to encourage other believers and to be a part of revealing this amazing news for this whole new people group, the rest of the world. 
(laughs) (laughs) to be able to walk in relationship with Jesus. I I was thinking about Paul. um, This is a little bit of an aside, but just that, you know, to take a man who was a persecutor of all who were outsiders and now here is Paul completely changed by Jesus. His priorities are completely changed. What he considers um, his purpose in life, you know, he's saying, I am not a prisoner in Rome. I am doing the work that Jesus has given me to give, which is to welcome those that those that in the past I would have had arrested. And I mean, even, you know, I probably wouldn't have even acknowledged Gentiles, actually, as I'm thinking about it. He would have had, he would have had Jews who became Christians arrested. Yeah, Gentiles yeah. aren't even worth talk, talking about. Mm-hmm. And here Jesus has completely changed his mm-hmm. his um, his purpose in life. And it makes me think kind of like you were saying that um, the physical world is important but it is the it is the spiritual world that animates all those things with the real meaning and i think that's part of the work of faith right is to be like paul where you see what's really going on here that's that um i need to be focused on which is not my physical circumstances but really what what is the mission that i'm given the purpose god has called me to you know yeah and and don't ever say Things like, um, I could never be a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> don't say, I, I don't think church planning's for me. Because <laughs> I'm just saying, all right? Um, it could I happen. Guy, it could happen. And, <laughs> but uh, but it's the know, grace. Be... It's God's yeah. grace, though. Like, yeah. he points that out here. It's it's the administration. The, and I love that word administration in the NIV, actually. Mm. Mm. That means planned. That means yeah. organized. That means you're seeking out to do something. You're you're mm. setting a goal in a plan. I, I know mm. I said plan twice, but I don't care. Is you know it's it's I love that word. God is doing this on Paul's mm. behalf and giving him this opportunity to make known this yeah. new revelation for their time about God's grace being poured out onto every man, woman, and child. And so it's really powerful. When you say administration, what goes through my mind is a course of medicine. You know, over oh, time you administer the medicine, like nurses, like every few hours okay. you administer. That's just what went through my mind. And I, I love that, that process, but also that, 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 the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. So Paul's like, I'm like a nurse. Like I'm here with the medicine. <laughs> like this is my job, yeah. right? Is to hand that out. I, I love that you pointed that out. Cause I don't think that word had really stood out to me before. Uh, I was more focused on the mystery, which uh, mm-hmm. is my it's current important. obsession yeah. with Ephesians. Yes. Let's do it. Yes. Go there then sister. Go ahead. Well, I just love that. He keeps talking about what is the mystery made known. Um, and that mystery made known in verse uh, uh, 110, which I think is kind of the heart of the whole book, is that, um, uh, let's see, starting in 9, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven 
and on earth under Christ. This fulfillment of creation under Christ, all people, all restoration of the world, all brokenness, like that is the goal to which we're going. And that is the the mystery which Paul is saying, look, we didn't always understand this, <laughs> that all things are coming back together, all people all under yeah. Christ. but. But it is a, it is now known that this was God's plan all along, was this, which is part of why I wanted to start out with that thought of we all have this sense of it should not be this way. Why is everything so broken? Why do we fight? Why do we have so much strife with each other? Why can't we all just get along? You know, like that, <laughs> we laugh about that as being Pollyanna, but that's actually a God value. That's an echo that's of good. his character, the mystery is that the mystery was that God had a plan all along to fix all of that. And it's being, we're in the unfolding of that as his people. And I, I just, I've just been kind of obsessed. So that's cool. <laughs> Obsess away. I'm obsessed. Uh, I'm obsessed with the mystery made known in Christ. Yes. You know, what's interesting too about this uh, uh, is that verse six, when paired with what Paul says about himself in verse seven, that we are mm. heirs together, mm-hmm. um, members of one body, sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. But in verse 7, I became a servant. So mm. when you pair the word heir, H-E-I-R, for those of you that, uh, like me, that need to understand which heir we're talking right. about here, right. yeah. um, with the word servant, mm is really an interesting contrast. And I think it, it obviously fits in with the whole of Scripture and what Jesus had to say in, in how other of Paul's teachings, too, is that there's this sense that we are heirs together now, and there's this unity, and we're members together. We sh- we're sharers of this promise in Christ Jesus. But at the same time, we need to view that as we're servants, too. And not mm-hmm. servants in the whip across our back or serving a, an evil master or being in type caught up in any type of injustness thing, but servants as we are making ourselves that because our lives now are about serving Jesus and shining his light and going into all the world and loving sacrificially. And uh, we just... I, in my opinion, in my I M H O, in my humble opinion, that's S M H. I S M H. In my shaking humble, my head. Oh, okay. There. Okay. I'm like, did I get the abbreviation wrong or something? First time I ever saw, and it wasn't that long ago. Someone say S M H. I'm like, <laughs> what? I cannot work out what S M H stands for. In my head, I had to ask. Um, it, like within I, the past year is what I'm saying, everybody. Okay? I, I'm not surprised. I'm always laughing about, aren't I supposed to be the old one in this conversation? <laughs> I'm, I'm confused sometimes. It's because my kids are older. That's really that's, why. That's the real, yeah, I was but... about to say, it's because Haley and Steven are much hipper and I've got a nine-year-old and a six-year-old right. without. Right. I almost don't phone. have any teenagers. Jay will be 20 oh, this summer goodness. and I will be beyond the teen years. Oh, Wow. I'm a survivor. Um, All right, back to uh, so <laughs> so. I just I I, uh, I think there's a lot of there's I think the potential for people in the body of Christ to just sort of pass right over this idea of what servant 
fatherhood is and what we're called to in that regard in our relationship with God and how we're supposed to serve others. And maybe in America, it's because we've gone through, you know, our nation, you know, we've had slavery for a long time. And we tried to overcome that. And the slavery part, maybe thing got better over time, but we still have this incredible racial thing in our nation, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, like the rest of the world, a terrible trafficking problem still that's Mm -hmm. worse than Mm -hmm. it's ever been. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in our Americanese, okay, if I can make up that word, we don't like words like servant. Mm. And it just doesn't resonate as deeply for us. And I Mm. think that if we could embrace this word more in the spiritual sense that Paul is trying to share with us right now is that, and we really realize Jesus came down and he served. He made himself a servant for Mm. us. And he's the highest, he's the Alpha and Omega, just sharing Peyton was just talking about the alpha, what the Alpha and Omega is and how that, how God is the beginning and end of all things and bigger and above us. And we have to yeah. understand this part of the scripture and of what Paul is saying here. Paul is a very learned man, smart, maybe the smartest guy in the room, in any room he walks into, okay? Mm-hmm. And here, yet here he's saying, I'm, I'm a servant by the grace of God, nonetheless, a servant of this gospel and I get to share this with you guys, but I also, I get to live this out. This is so good. Yeah. And I don't know that I um, caught this and I am so glad you pointed this out because um, I think what we don't understand as Americans um, for all kinds of reasons is that when we become, when you join something, like joining a family, it is a complete change in identity. It's a change in our, where we belong and it is a change in our purpose. Mm. And I think as people, we are all striving. And uh, those three things are from a a professor at Fuller um, who I've been talking about young adults, but uh, really all of us, we need to know who are we, where do I belong and what is my job? And I don't think that we as Christians in America often understand that when we become a believer, all three of those things change fundamentally, right? And so we want to say we're now a believer. We want to say we belong in the body of Christ, but I think we also want to belong in our culture, to yeah, be honest, sure, me sure. speaking for myself, I want mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. And the third one, though, is what is my purpose? And I think this is where we fall down. Like we we pay a teeny little lip service for it. But Paul went from being completely one thing to completely something else. Yeah. And like you said, it, it is not something that's forced upon us. Um, the verse that came to my mind is the one in Philippians 2, where it says, Uh, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Jesus doesn't grasp at his power or his um, comfort or his, you know, ability to make things right. He releases it 
and shows us that part of being part of God's family is our purpose is changed. And our purpose now is to bring this unity and this flourishing to the earth. But it's at it's at the cost of other things that we pursued. Right. And Paul got this. Jesus got this. It's not, and it's something that we do willingly, just like Jesus did it willingly. It's not, it's not because we um, are beaten down or it's because it's better, mm-hmm. right? But things that are really, truly better, you are willing um, to pay the cost to be involved in. And I think that's where we we don't, our vision of what we're involved in is too small and so, therefore, we keep grasping at these other pieces of our old lives yeah. um, because we just don't even, we don't have a picture of what we're called into, you know. Yeah. And, and I feel like we don't lean into the Father enough, which we're going to talk about how we're being strengthened from the inside out. We can't do this on our own. We need to be in touch with him so that we are in touch with how good and how big and how powerful and that ability to change. Yeah. Um, can, I, can I push this forward a little bit more too, absolutely. Just in, with another analogy is that we have no problem as Christian parents pushing this type of sacrifice when it comes to sports in our Education. kids' lives. Education. You know, we have no yep. problem teaching them. Yep. Got to lay it all. If you want to be successful, you got to lay it. You got to sacrifice. Just got. You got to work your hardest. You got to yep. be a good yep. team member. You know, it's about you know, you yep. know all this stuff. But we it, it, we can struggle as Christian parents. And how do we do this spiritually for our kids? How do we teach them this spiritually? This concept because they they've ultimately got to pick it up and run with it. Yeah. You know? Um. But we we got to figure that out and I don't have all the answers. Um, and that's not the point of this podcast either, yeah. but, yeah. um, you know, again, it's, it's all for the, it, I love the word unity and I love that Paul is using language. Like it's through the church, through the body of Christ mm-hmm. that now this wisdom gets to spread around the earth. Yeah. But it's only yeah. through unity that it happens the most effectively. It's not that it can't spread and different people can get it here or there. But when we are unified in this, mm. it's incredible what can happen. And mm. so we, we got to keep that in mind because we know there's disunity throughout the body. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's not how God intended for us to work through this. Right. And. I, I guess like a couple of thoughts. One, I just did want to comment on the parenting stuff. I don't have all the answers, but I do know that it starts with me. Yeah. If I am not living this so often as a parent, I was mo- am and was more motivated for good for my kids than I am for myself. And mm. I would jump to how do I make this happen for my kids when really what the Lord was saying, first, you need to focus a little bit more on how are you living this? That's so good. And, yeah. Um, and, um, and I, and you start there, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know what else to say, mm-hmm. but to say that that is like, and I feel like that's related to what you're talking about here too. Like uh, this knowledge, this beautiful uniting, it is for us as a community. And so it starts with us as individuals changing and being a part of that. But as we do that, we share that knowledge with each other. And that makes um, 
not only the glory of God known, but also this, it is part of our calling. You know, mm-hmm. Paul is saying, this is kind of a transfer of calling we see in this passage too. He's like, it's been my calling. Now it's the whole church's calling. Mm-hmm. Right. My calling has been to make the mystery known. Now the whole all of you are entering into that calling. He's kind of passing the baton or sharing it, maybe. Actually, I like sharing, mm-hmm. sharing the baton with all of God's people to say, you know, the world is broken. We all know that. Our humanity divides and divides and us's and them's all over the place. What yeah. God is laying out here is a way and a way forward. Like in our world, I think that it becomes all about power and and separation and all of those those are the answers to how you get along with each other. God is saying, no, no, everything, the other my way is that we all become unified in Christ in this amazing body of diversity, not uniform, Mm -hmm. right. But unified in this amazing. And that is the, the way of Christ. And I, I just want to extend that. I know I've said a lot here, Brian, but no, let me just say real quick, because we watched the Bible projects, Ephesians, Ah, and it had that line, which got almost everybody in our house to go, huh? It said, uniformity is not the same as unity. And what yeah, you just so said important. kind of sparked that. So continue. no, that's probably where it came from because I think that's so important, and I think we miss that. And and I think that is another one of the the lies that that the world tells us. That's how we are unified is by being uniform, mm. right? If you want your team to all be unified, you all wear the same clothes, you all share the same schedule, you all have mm-hmm. the same priorities, you all talk the same language. That is a worldly unifying. Mm-hmm. That is not the kind of spirit unifying that God is talking about. I mean, he talks about the different giftings and the different skills and the different roles. Like God is talking about a unity that a unity of the body, right? Where things can be fundamentally different. You've got bone and blood. Like how much more different can those things be? And yet they work in this oh. beautiful harmony together, right? Not by becoming each other, but by working together. Yeah, that's I'm glad you pointed that out. Because that's an important thing here. Um, wh- what I was going to say, which is on the same yeah. thought, I'm getting. I know I'm excited this morning. <laughs> I um, love it. Is in in chapter or in verse ten. Um, he talked. Paul is talking about his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be known to the rulers and authorities of the heavenly realms. And I sat on that a lot. Manifold is like the obvious, the blatant, the explicit wisdom. And I'm like, what is this wisdom Mm. that got the wisdom is this is how we come to peace in mankind. This is how we have flourishing on the earth. And that wisdom is known not only to each other, but to the other spiritual powers in the heavenly realms. So this, you know, the more I sat with this more, I'm like, he's talking like cosmic spiritual Mm -hmm. warfare here, right? That it both has broken humanity and there is this spiritual side that um, is out there right. that that is negative, that feeds all of those bad ideas to us, all of that 
you know, you can only be unified if you're uniform mm-hmm. or you can't have unity. So you need to separate or dominate. And all of those worldly systems that are maybe even shooting for a godly purpose, which is unity. And and God's plan was to show that, no, no, I actually have, have a beautiful, amazing plan that honors the creation and how that can be unified. And through this unity of those inside and outside of the faith, outside of the historical um, Judaism, they're going to come together and show that they can all be one family in their difference. Like God is saying, I'm going to make it clear not only to other people, but to the actual, (laughs) the forces in the spiritual realms that this is wisdom. This is Mm -hmm. good. This is flourishing. And that all happens through this unity of us um, in the body. I I, I just... uh, I just got really um, obsessed with this idea <laughs> because it's just this cosmic, like good yeah. and evil, and it, um, you know, it playing out right here in chapter three of Ephesians. So yeah, we can't. I, I think this is why we miss the bigger picture sometimes, is because we don't think about that we're we're not in a battle against flesh and blood against you know? people, right? Yep, but yep we have this whole segment of our Christian population, especially in the States that that's what we turn it into to bring our politics into it and everything else. And we need to be approaching it from a different point of view, as Paul is saying right here, you know, and it's all and and look, I love this in verse 11, Kristen, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So when Jesus came, fully man, fully God, died on the cross, rose again, that was the plan all along, folks. Yes. This is how it was going to be accomplished all along. Adam and Eve didn't surprise God, not for one second. This was the plan. God knew when he created beings with free will that they were going to choose sin from time to time and that it would start this thing going Mm -hmm. and that he would need to redeem. He would need to restore. He would need to save. He would need to rescue. Um, And so that's a vitally important verse, but then this wonderful verse 12 too, Mm -hmm. which I have, I have, I don't know why I underline because I can't just underline once. I got to underline four or five times and then I can hardly (laughs) actually read the words. It's so messy, but in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Yeah. I try to tell my kids all the time, Kristen, as much as I can, especially when it's appropriate, that you need you should be able to come to mom and I with anything. Yeah. Anything, and we will listen and mm-hmm. we will love and we will discern. And we will weigh and we will give you the best advice, anything negative, anything bad, anything sinful, anything joyful, anything, you know, wonderful, anything, 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 (laughs) you know, and to do, we want our kids to have a freedom in that. But also, I love this word in the NIV, confidence, because this is the God we serve. This is the God we love and have relationship with. He wants this relationship. He wants us to be able to approach him with freedom and confidence that yeah. he's a good father, that he loves us, that he has our best 
intentions at heart as the god of the universe <laughs> and uh and he says yeah. don't be discouraged he says because of my sufferings which are your glory like we we have to keep this in balance Kristen. that mm -hmm. you know we know it's going to get tough we know that we're going to go through stuff but it's it's for god's glory ultimately but also every time we go through something, even if it's gut-wrenching and hard and we, it seems like injustice in that moment, if we can understand the concept that this is another opportunity to sh give glory to God and to let others see that, that they might be drawn into the same grace that we were drawn into, it would just change our, it would change our lives. Yeah. wouldn't it it would totally change and revolutionize our lives and i i believe we would start actively seeing on a day-to-day -day basis the move of god in our lives you know oftentimes we have we can a certain period of time can go by and we're like hey yeah obviously god but wouldn't it be marvelous if even in the moments day-to-day -day, we could with faith and confidence and freedom sit back and say god's moving in my life today and I'm going to rejoice in this today. I'm going to see the opportunities today and how that would transform how we approach everyday life. This is, I believe this is the way the early believers lived. And that's why the gospel spread across the world. Yeah. And it's when it effectively spreads across the world even today. Yeah, I love it. in the um, Greek in 12, there was this idea that you would have freedom of speech and freedom of access. And um, I, I think that really just goes along with what you're talking about, the freedom that at any time we can talk to the Father and at any time we can say anything <laughs> to the Father. like and And that's what you're talking about. And I feel like um, if my understanding of scripture is correct, God is always at work. The question is whether or not I, uh, the I think that's is, correct. I think you're okay. Right. Thank yeah, you. Okay. Thank you. The question is whether or not I am tuned into what he's doing. And I love that, like what you just said and the way Paul uh, talks about, like, he wants to remind them of that. Like, look, yes, I'm suffering, but I'm in touch with what God is doing. And because I'm in touch with what God is doing, this is a good thing. This is, or there is good coming out of this. And I think that that's so often, um, you know, you're, I, I saw this so often with your kids where you would be working behind the scenes to make a good plan come together for them, whether it's vacation or whether it, it, any number of things, but they don't know that you're working on that. And if they don't, if they, whenever they came to you and said, you know, I'm hungry, you could say, don't worry, I have a plan for dinner, right? Like we always feed you, you know what I mean? But right. unless, until they came and told you that, you can't offer them the reassurance, the confidence, the perspective, the, uh, uh, the reminder, or even, you know, since I'm human, sometimes it was a reminder for me, but God doesn't need those reminders. But we right. just, we sacrifice I think so often as Americans in particular, we want to live out the kingdom, but we don't engage in the actual relationship that would make that possible. Yeah. God's like, I don't, you're not supposed to be doing this on your own. You're supposed to come to me in freedom 
and confidence that I will help you, you know, say, yeah, I see that you're hungry. I'm working on dinner, right? I yeah. see that you're hungry. Here's something you haven't thought of. Here's, And like you said, that change in perspective is what Paul had here. Like, And he wants them to get it too. He's like, look, I'm not saying it's good that I'm in prison, but I'm saying it's worth it because of what God is doing. Tune in to this cosmic mm-hmm. story of, of renewing the earth. And that is what fuels us on the inside <laughs> to have those external actions of God's presence and glory on the outside. And I think I, at least, maybe it's just because I'm a firstborn, <laughs> I want the external actions. And I am much more um, harsh on myself to to push in that performative direction. And I would be much better served to redirect that energy <laughs> yeah. towards the Father and then serve out of that relationship with him. Yeah. And that is something that I work on over and over and over. Um, yeah. Well, and, and then along those lines, moving forward. Yeah. Um, we see that Paul is is praying. I love that language. Again, I, I kind of find some of this poetic in this particular no, chat. For some reason, For it's, sure. it's really jumping out to me today as we're reading through this. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. That's just a beautiful mm, phrase, in sure my opinion, is. from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And then he says this in verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious mm. riches, and he affirms that again just here in a little bit uh, in another verse here, but that that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that mm. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Mm. So again, Amen. yep. I I think I think that one of the reasons maybe maybe many Christians feel like they lack this particular power, or even if we want to call this a gift from the Lord, mm-hmm. um, are we asking for it? Are we right. are we engaging God in that way? Kind of along the lines of what you were just saying. Are we interacting with this or are we just hoping that by going to church on Sunday, the pastor's going to reveal something to us. that's going to just break the doors wide open for this. We have to pursue and engage in this. And then again, it's with freedom and confidence that God responds to this heart type of heart. Mm -hmm. God wants us to have this, but it is also, we have to be rooted and established in love that we may have power together. It's not rooted and established in love in a power that is overbearing, a power that's dominating, right. a power. It's it's that servant type of love. It's that mm-hmm. selfless love mm. uh, that w- people may grasp how wide and how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, we can't, come close to understanding it all the way that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And remember God is the creator of the universe. So that's my <laughs> best optimist. Prime. You know, uh, is, is, it, it's, 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 in, it's enormous. The amount of grace and yeah. love that is there for us. Um, if, but it doesn't just happen magically, folks. It's available there, 
but we have to seek it out. We have to ask God for it. We have to engage with it. We have to receive it. We, you know, we can't just go about our lives and ignore God and not make him a part of our lives and then expect that it's just going to be poured out over us. And that is just, we, we have to engage in relationship with Christ and yeah. be rooted in this. You know, we have to be rooted in this. Mm. Yeah. To make me think of a I'm very practical and I hesitate to share this because it's kind of a negative analogy, but I'm a member of a gym. I haven't been there in three months. I'm going to go soon and figure out why it's not working. Right. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, if, like, I'm still a member, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But if I don't show up and, and, and just plain show up and like the, my gym is fantastic. There are people to help me. And I, you know, there's, I'm not picking on myself. There's been other reasons why I'm not there, but sure. it just strikes me as the perfect example. So many of us as believers, we say we are a member of the family, but we don't show up. And then we wonder why it's not working. Why don't we have this kind of power and insight into what God's doing and joy and the ability to sacrifice, the ability to turn our heads from systems that we know really don't lead us anywhere good, but they're sure comforting for a hot second, right? right? Why don't we have this new life? Why don't we have this power, this transformation, the unity among the body? It's because we're not showing up. Mm-hmm. We're not going to the Father. And the great thing about God is I can go to him and say, help me to want to want to, which is a common prayer in my life. Like, I see where you want me to go. I don't even want to. You got to help me. Like, I'm in the negatives. Help me to start here. And yeah. he always meets us because he that's what he, that's, he's like, that's all I ever wanted was for you to invite me into this. That's all I want is to, yeah. because I have the power and I love, um, at the end of verse 19, it says that we may be filled yeah, to the measure call. of all fullness of God. And that was, I started to ponder that. How are we as mortals, <laughs> as human beings, able to be filled with the fullness of God? Like, mm-hmm. just, like it doesn't make sense, right? And, and then I love that verse 3, uh, verse 20. Yeah. says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. That's how we're being able to be filled with God. It is because of God's power, and he can do things yes. beyond. And that, you know, makes me think of Jesus as the exemplar, the, the highest example of what it means to be a human being with the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. That is where we're striving. That's the family patriarch that we're trying to to be like right is to move towards that um and that happens in as we connect with him and allow him to work on us i yeah it's beautiful and kind of to one more thought i have Kristen. yeah as we wrap up is is one of the issues that we would have with this and i'm thinking internally i'm i'm internalizing this but also i see within um, the body of Christ as a whole is uh, we're obsessed with our own kingdom and our own glory. And so passages like this, I mean, to him be glory in the church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not for the pastor's glory, because he's a great speaker mm-hmm. and can inspire people in building a legacy. It's for the glory of God. 
through all generations. I love that. All generations forever and ever. Mm. And so we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus, folks. Uh, and again, we can approach God with freedom and confidence and we can ask. I know there's times, Kristen, that resonated with me where I've said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need you to help me, you know, um, yeah. want this. Yeah. I heard a yeah. pastor, I heard a pastor <laughs> once say, if you're not hungry, make yourself hungry for more of God. I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Well, I know full well what that means when I know I'm going to have a fantastic large meal out for a special occasion, like a birthday or just gathering with friends. I will oftentimes skip breakfast and lunch if I know I'm going to eat a ton of food at the a favorite yeah. restaurant or something, I will make myself hungry for that food. And I rearrange my life that day mm. around that event. Mm. And so it makes sense. Make, if you're not hungry for more of God, make yourself hungry. And that one way we can do that is to just be honest before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm not, I don't feel this hunger that I hear sung about or talked about in your word. Yeah. But I know, but in my deepest being, I want that. I want to hunger for you. I want to thirst for you and for righteousness. And I want to know you more. How do I do that? And can you help me with that? I believe the Lord hears those cries and yeah. those authentic pleas and cries and meets us, like you said, right there. Yeah. And you know, one of the ways that I have found helpful to stir that up also mm. after that helped me to want to want this is to be engaged with thankfulness and focused on what I, he's done in the past, who I know him to be. And I think that that is best done in community often. Yes. When we can sit with people and say, I, just tell me, tell me something good God's doing in your life. Tell me something you're thankful for. I need to hear how he's moving because that it's just like when you see the commercial for your favorite food, suddenly you've got to have it, right? Like it's the same thing. I need to be reminded um, I need my appetite wet to to be, and especially because the world is constantly pushing on me other solutions that look good on the surface, and some of them are very appealing and much more um, expedient <laughs> and accepted. And I so I need those other voices. We need each other in in the church to yeah. remind each other of like. Don't be, don't be deceived. Let me, yes. let me tell me your stories. Yeah. Let me hear that. I mean, that's why we need to gather. That's why we need brothers and sisters to walk with. Um, Cause we were not intended to do this on our own. It's too big. It, we need it with God and we need to experience God. That's how he speaks to me so often through his body, through the others who are yes. also walking with yes. him. Yeah. If you're, if you find that you're not hungry, hang out with hungry people. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you don't feel, if you don't, you know, we say, I say thing, this is churchy, but uh, I'm going to say it and ex hopefully explain it effectively. Like you, you, we hear the term, I'm on fire for the Lord, or that person's really on fire for God. Well, what does that mean? That sounds horrific, you know, because mm -hmm. <laughs> um, right. fire, you know, uh, and so, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. It, just, it just means you're really energized you're really excited about the things of the lord and god is moving in your life and you're seeing him move in your life and you're just energized and you've got this 
just you're excited. You're just absolutely psyched about the, and in love with God, and uh, and so hang out with those people. You know, if you're hanging out with a bunch of dead people, <laughs> that's that's where you're gonna be drawn towards. You know, um, and walk in. So find somebody and do that in community. And I, I want to end with this story about my life. Uh, you may have heard me say in the past that I was a competitive swimmer, emphasis on swimmer, and uh, for uh, several <laughs> different YMCA teams. And uh, there were moments where I showed greater promise. And mm. those moments were always wrapped around what my attitude and mindset was, right? Um because my real love was basketball. Unfortunately, the Lord decided to make me 5'6", and not 6'5". <laughs> and so, but, so there were days swimming in the, sometimes the, I remember summer two-a-days, and sometimes in the fall and winter, we'd have seasons where we'd do two-a-day practices, where I just go, man, I just, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to win my race anyways. Why am I even doing this? You know, I'll just kind of get through this practice. Well, my coach, who was a really good coach, would occasionally uh, examine me and notice me in this phase, in this attitude. And she would take me out of the lane of swimmers. Usually in swimming, you'll learn about the swimming world here. Usually you're in rehearse, you're, you practice with kids about your same ability, maybe a little bit above so that you can really stay on pace with the different times you're supposed to mm -hmm. meet for different things. Well, occasionally she would place me in a lane of much faster swimmers mm -hmm. because she wanted me to feel the sense that I'm lagging behind, that I'm not living up to my full potential. She wanted mm -hmm. me to engage with that feeling yeah. and sense so that I would work harder and say, I hate how this feels. Like, I know they're way better than me anyways, and they're going to lap me probably, but I don't like that feeling, and I didn't. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know any swimmer that does, like the feeling of getting lapped or feeling like they're not keeping up. And so she would, in essence, kind of shock me out of that state. And, mm. and in that, I know she was seeing and calling out the potential I had if I would only mm. work harder, if I would only sacrifice more if I would only give more of myself over to that. And I needed the coach to do that for me. And that's what the Holy Spirit can do for us as believers, mm -hmm. is sometimes we just need awakened. Sometimes, though, we need to ask. We need to ask for more. And a good coach, the Holy Spirit, and I don't like that, analogy that's not a super clean analogy it's not perfect yeah but, that's all right. uh but i just is willing to say yeah okay let's go you want more i'll give you more you know and that's how yeah. the holy spirit and god is with us is when we ask for more he is always there to give us more and he's been waiting oh my goodness yeah and there's grace there and uh, there's new life there in those moments. Uh, but be real. I love that you brought that out, Kristen. Just be authentic before the Lord today, wherever you are in your walk and what we've been talking about and how you can apply this to your life. Just be authentic before God mm -hmm. and express your heart and your desires. And if, if you feel a lacking there of desire, 
ask for more. Say, Lord, I, I need help here. Will you please encourage my heart? Will you reveal your heart for me in even just today for what I should do and what I can do? But ultimately, and I think we've got to be reminded of this sometimes daily, Kristen, the work is already done. We have to keep yes. that in mind through Christ Jesus. Yes. And not put a burden on ourselves that if we do A to Z, we'll get there. We just need to be responsive to the move of the Holy Spirit, obedient, and understand that it's a place we're founded in love. That's our foundation, love mm-hmm. and grace. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we appreciate you guys listening. Kristen, thank you for your time again. Pastor Kristen made official here on the 15th of July. I'd like to invite you, if you're listening to this, to join us at Camp First Friends at 6.30 p.m. to celebrate the recording of the ordination of our friend Kristen uh, into the Friends Church as a pastor. And that will be an amazing night. And also would like to invite you to one of our house churches. Uh, God is doing some pretty neat things in our midst. And our eyes are open and our hearts are open to receive everything that God has for us. Uh, In our gatherings, we meet at 10 a.m. on Sunday and 6 p.m. on Sunday at different locations. And you can check out our Facebook page and to get the times and dates and all that stuff for us. Until next time, we love you guys. We hope that you serve God uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit this week. In Jesus' name, amen. I need a friend. I need someone to walk beside me. Someone to take me by the hand. Land. I need a shelter I need a place to lay my head Somewhere there's joy, hope and laughter Where hate and war have found their end I need some hope Because the world is dark and cold my bones are getting old From all the lies that I've been told I need direction And the hope of resurrection When I'm haunted by my imperfection And filled by my good intentions Can you see me? Let's be the body of Jesus Christ, doing our best to shine His light. I need a home. I need a place.
place to call my own Love and family all around me Who's not afraid to let me dream I need to shine I need to tell these friends of mine That they need Jesus in their lives And they may not have much time can you see me? Then walk beside me. Can you hear me? Then sing this melody. We are the body, different and holy, building a kingdom that will last forever. Christ, doing our best to shine His light.